Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We are so excited that we are on episode two with Megan Simpson. The episode is Discipleship at Home. My name is Chismari Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Hey, ladies. And Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And Megan Simpson. Say hi. Hello. Hello, (laughs) Village. Megan's still with us. Thank goodness. We had a great first episode, and Kristen, share a little bit with our village, what we talked about in the first episode and what are we going to talk about in the part two? Okay. So we got to know Megan a little bit. Fun fact about Megan and Derek, they met when they were in sixth grade. If you didn't hear that, go back to episode one, just for, for no other it reason happened. than to hear about that. They have six children. So we actually asked Megan to come and talk with us about discipling kids in the home, and they do such a great job of that, just being intentional, being in the Word with their family, having a marriage that points their children to Jesus. And so we just kind of talked about some of those kinds of things, what it was like when she was early parenting and and how it's changed some. And so now we're going to just dive right, right in, Megan, and we have maybe some more specific questions that we're going to ask you this time. So again, this is episode two, Discipleship at Home. If you didn't grab episode one, go back and listen to that. But Megan, let's just dive right in. What are the Simpson family's core house rules that you'll share with our village? It's funny because uh, all of us moms, we want to know like, okay, one, two, three, how do we do it? So we we talk about our house rules on here too, you know, whatever. But what are yours? So our our main goals for in parenting have always been for the, for our kids to love God, love others, and to be a blessing to whoever they may be around, which it hasn't always happened, but that has been the goal. It's the goal. It's I feel the like goal. I need to state that for any babysitters to come over. Yeah, really? <laughs> that has been the goal. And I have prayed over the years just that they would love the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul. So th- those are kind of the three goals. I don't know if I would call them house rules, but that's kind of the those are the main goals that we've we've operated on. Yeah, it's straight from scripture, right? Love God, love others. Those are the greatest commandments when the Pharisees tried to trip Jesus up to pick one of the 10 he was like love love God love others and that summed all of them up and then to be a blessing Jimmy says children are a blessing just by the fact of being here but they have to be made to be a blessing mm-hmm. so that being one of your values is really big and it's a it takes a lifetime of parenting to to have that happen I mean let's be honest parenting sometimes and mom, tri- trial and error too. yeah <laughs> well sometimes mom and dad aren't a blessing you know so this is a lifelong journey of seeking to be a blessing to other people. I love that. Well, I have to say, I've interacted with 
a few of her kids, Carly probably the most, her oldest, and she's always been a joy and a blessing to me. So I, I can say you all are doing a great job. I have I have like a like a campaign to like gain the affection of the little one. <laughs> Because he sees Parker? me. Parker? Yes. Parker or Hudson? Oh, Hudson. 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 Oh, he, he doesn't like you right well, now? Well, he's like, he thinks I'm the crazy Hispanic woman that he runs the reason. But last time, I will say like a couple Sundays ago, he actually came to me and hugged me. And I just, that just made my day. I was like in love with that precious he's, moment. How could you face. not? He's so oh, cute. Oh, he's so cute. so cute. I squeeze him today. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Kira. No, no. So, Megan, can you share with us some of the spiritual disciplines that you and Derek have instilled in your children? And, and maybe even how do you see them on display? So we're just, we really want you to have an opportunity to brag on your kids. <laughs> Seriously. Well, like we talked in the, about in the first episode, it really starts with me. Right. So so I'm wanting my kids to see mom. Mom's reading her Bible every day, and that's important to me. And hopefully they can see that it's important to them, too. So I do always have that out. Sometimes I'll just leave it out on the table so that they can they just maybe they didn't see me reading it, but they know mom had her time with with the Lord today. And so we really do try to lead by example. I've bought devotional books for them before. You know, we've we've really set a high priority on that as far as the kids, as they have gotten older, I try not to be real strict, like, you need to, you know, you need to read your Bible today. But um, I do encourage it, and the kids know that's something important. I would say another spiritual discipline that we do is just trying to make serving in the church something fun that we do together. So I want them to see ministry as a privilege to get to do, something that's fun to serve others. And they all love coming to church and serving. We do it together as a family. So I think they just know this This is kind of what we do. We we all get to do this together, and it's a privilege. I uh, see her boys sometimes with little sweaty backs because they've been out on the parking team. And that just brings me such joy because they're out there waving their signs and excited about it because Derek has gotten them up early and maybe bought them a donut, you know. Bribing is not illegal. <laughs> we're, not, um, we're not above that. <laughs> but but they see her, their parents taking joy in serving others, and they want to do. Well, ultimately, they're, uh, the ministry is is the family ministry. So it's not Derek that's been the pastor or you just ministering, you know, to other staff wives. Is is the family ministry? Like they're all in their own capacity are part of the same ministry i love that at least in my house every time i'm leaving my little one is like are you going to church you're going to family church (laughs) (laughs) every place is family church to the point that we my husband had a day off not so long ago and then um he asked my son, my four-year-old, hey, what do you what do you want to do? What do you, I want to go to family church. He's like, <laughs> other plays at family church. We're always in family church. He's like, Farmer Joey? And we're like, okay, he loves family church. So, Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do think a mom really sets the tone in our homes, especially when our kids are little, of what's important. And so I know all of us moms don't have pastors as husbands, but it doesn't matter. Like we're Christians. And if if you are a believer, it's our job as moms to set the tone of service in our home. And serving in our church family is a great, easy way to build that into the rhythm of our lives. And Megan does that. So when Pastor Derek has to be gone late at night, she may be upset about it sometimes, but she's not going to make a big deal about that to her kids. Mm-hmm. Because you, what you said in the first episode was we really try not to talk negatively about each other. And so part of that carries over into this whole idea of service, too. Right, it does. If, if I came across to my kids that mom was 
annoyed or frustrated that daddy had to go do something, you know, when he's serving, I mean, they'll take that and run with it. So I never want them to think this is a burden on us. I always want them to think, hey, isn't that great? Daddy gets to go and help these people. That's so awesome that he he gets to do that. Yeah. And that, and that takes intentionality and you do a beautiful job of that. And some of that takes squashing your initial feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you gone again? Squashing your initial feelings and speaking. Sometimes I, I coined the phrase like, speak the truth before before you feel it. So like, speak it into existence. Mm-hmm, like, right. I don't feel this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to remind myself as I'm reminding my kids of the Before you let your this. emotions take control. Yeah. 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 And, and, and Megan does that so well. So how do you weave... Is that is that how you say it? weave? You did yes. it, girl. You did it. <laughs> this is sorry for those that are, it's just sometimes I get my brownie points for being Hispanic and getting the words right. <laughs> the important aspect of fun into discipleship. I'm pretty sure a lot of moms have a lot of questions. Because sometimes when I talk to a lot of moms about we talk all the time about discipling at home, especially mm-hmm. spiritual discipleship, they're like, oh, so how do you Bible study? Oh, that's like, like they, it's they, boring. Like it's boring mm-hmm. or you're making them sit down and listen and then like somebody's falling asleep. No, none of that. Yeah. You, you remember Dr. Aiken, you know, the Aikens. And he used to say, if you are teaching the Bible and you are boring, that is a sin. <laughs> he's serious about it. He's not joking. and He is not boring. But because he said this, this book is full of mm-hmm. wisdom and amazing stories and don't make it boring. So that's the question. How do you make it fun? Well, I I think discipleship looks so many different ways. So it doesn't always look like, oh, we're going to sit down and read this Bible story. But when they're little, it's so easy to make it fun because, I mean, anything can be fun. I can tell Hudson, we're going to go, you know, clean the bathroom and you're going to do it with mommy. And he thinks it's so great, you know, and I can give him a piece of candy and that has made his day and he's good. As they get a little bit older, you know, really asking the Lord for wisdom, like we talked about in the first episode, mm. and just the creativity to know, like, what's going to win over my children's hearts? And we've done a bunch of fun things over the years. One thing, as far as like serving one another, we came up with this kids' cook night in our house. And I don't know if this is exactly what you're talking about, discipleship, but Ooh, we, that sounds fun already. Yeah, it was fun. So they all thought it was great. I let them pick the meal. So they each were assigned a night and they got to pick the meal, like the full course. I mean, they could do it all with the dessert, but they had to think through who's going to be eating here. What are they going to like? And it was just kind of a fun thing to do with them to get them thinking about who am I going to serve this to? What will they like to eat? And so they thought that was great fun. We did that in their elementary years. As they get older, I feel like discipleship really rests on the relationship that I have with them. So it's almost like I've got to gain a hearing, you know, for with older kids, you would have more to say about this than I do. But I feel like I have to pour into them and know about, be interested in their world so that they'll hear from me when I have things that I want to teach and and tell them. It's huge. So so what you're saying is when they're little, you, it's easy. So like you you have Veggie Tale videos, yeah. you and have you Bible story songs, yeah. you have mm-hmm. yeah Farmer Joey at church mm-hmm. with preschool, and then as they get older. It's not that discipleship can't still be fun, but what you're saying is you better have some fun with them. Right. Just for fun. Right. Yeah. So that they will listen to you when things are heavier. So you have like maybe a word picture of like you you have this bridge that you're shoring up and you're making sure it's steady and strong so that it can bear the weight of some of the hard things that you're going to have to talk about. If you're only coming to them 
with the truth of Scripture and don't do this, don't do that. What about this? What about that? And then you're not shooting hoops with them or getting in the floor and, you know, being part of who they are, painting their nails, going to the mall, figuring out what they like. They're not going to hear you. They might not hear you every time anyway. They're definitely not going to hear you if you don't do that. So I think that's huge. Get in their world. You've got to make them believe that you're for them. They're not going to just innately believe it as they get older. They believe it when they're little. But then all of a sudden, when they start becoming, they have their own ideas, their own inputs from other people. It's always like, are they for me? Are they? And so you're reminding them when you get in their world. And Megan, you have different ages too. So I'm pretty sure each for each kid is different. Now you got to learn a way to communicate and each kid will open up in a different way. So trying to find what's the way this kid can open up with me. Is it like going out to eat or sometimes this one is at night or doing puzzles? Like, can you? Right. Of course. Yeah. Some of my kids definitely feel loved by time spent with them. So I have to be real intentional. Maybe with my oldest, she likes to go grab breakfast at a little cafe near our house. So we'll do that. My fourth, I mean, just loves to play games. So he just wants to your attention and playing games and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it is figuring out what's important to them and and how they feel loved and accepted. So holidays lend us the opportunity to wave scripture, wave again. Scripture, weave. weave. You see, you see, somebody's <laughs> messing with you. me. I'm thinking, okay, weave scripture into the natural rhythm of our families. Any successful ways you've done this or seen this done? Well, we always we always take advantage of the time where we're already celebrating Christ, especially Christmas and Easter. Those are so easy. Thanksgiving, yeah. Yep. Thanksgiving has been one. So I really decided early on, I just don't have the capacity to do all the activities. But So wise. R- okay. <laughs> Very wise. You just can't do it all. We did not do Elf on the Shelf at our house. I didn't have the capacity. Me neither. I, thought, I can't move that feller 25 okay, times. Okay. Can I, can I explain from a Spanish perspective? I was like, what is that? You don't know Elf on a Shelf? And I'm like, why would I put a creepy person looking at me? <laughs> oh, you know what and it why is. why would I hide it? No, I'm like, is this like a, a child, like a children's, like creepy way? Like, God, what so is that person? And why is that we person wearing red? And it's so tiny. We're not banning Elf on the no. Shelf girls. If y'all do it, you yeah. go for it. You do you. <laughs> it's just, you, yeah. right, Kira and I are older. And so it, that was already not a thing by the time, but... See, what you're giving people freedom, okay. Megan. Let go you're of not that. the only Let one. Out. It's okay. Let go of Elf on the Shelf. Well, I wanted to make a big deal about Jesus. So I can't do all of it well. And so I had to just let go of some things. So Christmas time, we always have Advent readings, and that's a time we do family devotions. We don't do family devotions all year round, but we do have seasons that we do them. And so we do that around Christmas, our recent one has been Jotham's Journey. Has anybody done that before? So that's a good resource. Yeah. My kids like that. It's a Advent reading, but it's with a story set in Jesus's time, like about when he's about to be born. So it's it's a pretty adventurous read for elementary kids. And my kids really like that. We do usually around Easter, although this year was a flop. And <laughs> it was not a good devotional okay. book. You're, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. <laughs> so um, It but, applies for everything. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. Just say that. Grace. A whole lot of grace. Yeah. That's what I did. Uh, so like, you didn't like your devotional. We won't share that resource. I know. But, well, you know, maybe we just weren't smart enough. It was, it was like 
Oh, Christians from the past, and it was oh. like poems and meditations, and we just—it was over everybody's head. I'm picturing like, Parker's face right now. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even understand half of what it was saying, so we just decided. Hey, We're not gonna you know what? I, I appreciate that the moms are listening. That there's some things that we try and yeah, doesn't go well, but it's I appreciate okay. that you're trying it. Yes, yeah. you guys are gonna think this is corny, but when the my older kids were little around Thanksgiving, so this is right after Halloween. I had all this candy. And so I decided we're going to make a fun little game out of this. I made a little turkey with feathers, and it was a countdown to Thanksgiving. They'd pluck a feather, and it would be a scavenger hunt to go get the candy. But before they did that, they had to say their memory verse. So they thought that was so fun that they would that say— That was fun. I like yeah, it. Every so day, creative. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. And we do all the hand motions and stuff, but— um, those and are they're like, okay, now give me the starburst. <laughs> yeah. Now where do I go? How fun. So, it's so fun. And, and your the point is holidays built our natural rhythm of your you're gonna yeah. celebrate Christmas. You're gonna celebrate yeah. Easter, you're gonna celebrate Thanksgiving. So how can you make Jesus a priority in mm-hmm. those things? And what you just gave, some moms have the bandwidth to do it all. Mm-hmm. They can do elf on a shelf, they can do, you know, the nativity, mm-hmm. they can do all of it. Megan and I have smaller capacity for excessive activities. Mm-hmm. We but we are both introverts. We both need some quiet time. And so we can't do as much as maybe Gisma can do or Kira can do. But I'm, I'm on your Kira, team. <laughs> no, okay, no. Gisma's the only one Gisma. who can do it all. I don't know but, what elf in the shelf. I'm gonna Google it. But the point is you've got to know how God has made you wired right. and mother in that environment. And don't let the things that you're trying to have a good Instagram picture of where mm-hmm. you put your elf that day squash the time that you could be spending with the Lord well, if and, you don't have the yeah, capacity and also what to do I, it all. What I hear from you, Megan, also, you're doing things that will apply to your family. So mm-hmm, you're right, trying to right. set up activities and events, the heartbeat of your family. Mm-hmm. That might not work for somebody that is listening to us, but at least you can start getting ideas. What can I do that is applicable to my family? So you know your family better than others, and you will do activities or do something you know that will encourage that I, I sibling. I think that that's really important because as moms, we want a list of 10 things we can do. Mm-hmm. And so we go on Instagram or Facebook or uh, I don't want to date myself. Pinterest. TikTok. Uh, TikTok. TikTok. Oh, we're getting cool now. <laughs> so, and we're like, okay, let me do those things. Let me do those things. Let me do those things. And you've got to just quiet the noise. And sometimes go, they do it and it doesn't work and then you get frustrated. Right, and you're right. like, why is it not working for me and it works for that mom? Well, maybe there's something wrong with me. No. Yeah. If you'll put Jesus at the center mm, of all of this, yes. and then if there's extra time to do some of the other, okay, do that. But don't do the other stuff first and then regret that you didn't mm-hmm. have have Jesus at the center. Yeah. And I think that's where walking with Jesus day in and day out, asking for his wisdom to guide your steps and order your days is so important because then you'll be able to filter through, okay, what does he want for us and our family to do? Yeah, it gives you the discernment to kind of say, okay, so Jesus is at the center. This is why this is not working. It's not because I didn't do anything wrong or I didn't follow the steps like you like you said, Kristen. It's just because maybe I we, we're not putting Jesus at the center like we were supposed to do it from the beginning. But the other things are just extra, I will say, just add-ons that you add to your motherhood, to your daily discipleship. But the mainly thing, which I love and I appreciate, Megan, you say you sound like a like a broken record, is that you guys put Jesus at the center. And I feel like that's the key here. We as moms, our key is to put Jesus at the center. And that would allow us to do all those extras a little bit easier. It will help us. God will give us the wisdom and the discernment to say, okay, this doesn't work for my family, but this is working, especially with this kid and that kid and the different seasons in life. 
Yeah. And I, I think too, your own personality comes into play, your own talents and mm-hmm. gifts. Mm-hmm. Megan is super crafty, super creative. There might be a mom being like, I don't know how to draw a turkey. Okay. That's not the point. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, okay, take your gifts and your abilities and your personality and allow God to give you wisdom on how to weave these things in. The point isn't the activity. Exactly. The point is making Jesus a priority. Megan, I love the idea that you shared with us about serving others and, you know, serving in your home and and teaching your kids how to serve one another through that, you know, cooking that meal and how they were very considerate and thinking about, you know, who likes what and who doesn't like what, you know, that really, that's a a talent and a skill. I mean, we've been doing that as moms, like the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So how wise of you to pass that on to your kids? So you have, as you shared, teens and, and little ones. So how do you and Derek continue to encourage sibling relationships and servant leadership among them? And that was a really good example of how you, you know, encourage them to serve one another and think of one another. But, you know, are there any other ways that you can think of that you all encourage your your kids to to be Team Simpson all the time? Yeah, one thing that has really helped our family is we have very limited screen time and This has really helped in this area in particular because it's not that they're all going off and doing their own things in their own worlds. So none of my kids have phones, but even when they were little and like Brayden was wanting to get into video games, Derek really just had the wisdom and foresight to to say, I don't think that's going to be a thing our family does. We have limited amount of that, but it's just not consuming our world. So it really has helped build sibling relationships because it's not like, oh, you can just sit here at a screen and play this. It's like, go get your brother and go outside and play basketball. So that has been a huge blessing for our family. We prioritize doing things together. We also don't have a huge house. We have like one main living room. We just all kind of, that's where we're at. So I don't know, it's looked different along the years prioritizing that, but it has been the concept of we're all Simpsons. We do things together. We don't really have our own things that we go off on do. So if Brayden has a baseball game, we're going to go and cheer him on at that game. If Grace is doing a ballet recital, we're going to go cheer her on or, you know, support her. We're all for one another. And that's really helped. Yeah. Can I just say one thing that I observed when you had Hudson, it was just so, and it, it continues to be just amazing how your kids have just kind of rallied mm-hmm. and oh how, God, you know, so Hudson, sweet. I mean, he's their little sibling and mm-hmm. there is that age gap, mm-hmm. but it just appeared from the outside looking in that they were just so excited to have another sibling and that they've kind of, I mean, not that they parent, of course, but I can see where they definitely step in and they mm-hmm. help you and mm-hmm. Derek out with, with Hudson and I just, I'll, you know, when there's Hudson, there's an older Simpson somewhere oh, yeah. near, you know, which allows you to continue to work in ministry as well. So I just want to say kudos because it just seems, you know, they weren't, you so know, sometimes teens can seem like annoyed, you know, we've got another sibling, but I mean, how they just, all of them just like love on him. We really thought the novelty of the baby would wear off. None of them remember having a baby prior to Hudson because they were all babies themselves. So we really thought this would wear off. It has not, although I feel like it's starting to now that he's almost three and he's got his own opinions and stuff. They don't think he's as cute all the time. But it is really sweet to see the relationship. And it is from years of just being intentional of, of 
reminding them, let's love one another. Let's let's look past. He's probably just having a bad day. Let's not hold that grudge against him. It's just con- these constant little reminders day in and day out. Oh, wait. So you're telling us that it's a daily reminder oh, to moms who are listening. It's a daily reminder to our kids and ourselves that every day is different. And every day we got to be intentional because we're not the only ones. <laughs> Okay, Megan, so what resources would you recommend to moms with varying age children to teach them about Jesus? All right, we've used a lot of different, I mean, there's so many good books, some that we've used, Word of Life. I think they still have this that I should have checked this. They do, they do. They have devotionals for each stage, whatever your kid's age is, but it's all the same scripture. So for your teenager, it might be a little bit bigger chunk, but it's in the same chapter that What's your the name again? Word, of, word of life. Word of word life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They even have some for adults. So we've used that in the past. I think Foundations is another study. Is that what the name of the, the main study is called? But they have that for age, age appropriate for your children too. So that's kind of a good one. Other resources. When they were little, we listened to the Seeds Family Worship, which that was fun. Does anybody listen to that? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> Because I grew up in Puerto I, Rico, I haven't I have heard no of that idea. one. We listened to um, Steve Green, which I'm aging my, I'm, I'm dating myself. And then there was another one that I can't remember the name of it now. But anyway, Seeds Family Worship is just Bible, Bible verses to songs, but it's oh, for little kids. My older good. kids would be like, "Mom, come on, let's listen <laughs> to something else now." Yeah. And I mean, and it, it was always a great thing for me as a mom when I had little ones to listen to it too, because it's just all I probably listen to it, Bible. but in Spanish. It would be hilarious go. to put it next to it. To see. <laughs> There's also a great book called Circle Parenting. The yes. Circle Parenting by Jimmy Scroggins and Kristen Scroggins. It's a great book. I'm just just for a friend that's listening. Oh, you're it's sweet. a great book. Thank so you. find that one too. Amazon. <laughs> so Megan, you did share with us that throughout this different seasons throughout the year that your family engages in maybe different Bible studies, whether it's Advent or during Easter, but in the regular everyday scheme of life, you know, we all have schedules that change as our kids grow and, and you know, we have to incorporate sports and all that good stuff. How do you now with the varying ages of your kids, how do you continue to engage spiritually as a family? We know that you serve together, but just on a day to day, what does that look like? Yeah, it, it's really easy if we're not careful to get caught up in the busyness of life and not engage spiritually. And also not, it's really easy to not adjust to the new stages and kind of be stuck with, you this know. This is how we used to do right, it. Yeah. Right. I'm guilty. So <laughs> it does take some intentionality. I just keep going back to just asking the Lord to guide our steps and to show us how He wants us to lead our family. That's so wise that moms, we can be flexible because the stages will change. Mm -hmm. And I'm very guilty of that. Like we used to sit at our table, you know, for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, we didn't have a, you know, a set schedule doing devotions. And I literally had to do a mind shift and say, that is not where we are right now. And we may never be, you know, as a family I think that's hard for a lot of moms too. Because sometimes they hold on to that because it was easier. Not knowing that sometimes if you change some things about it, it might not be easier, but it will be more beneficial. Well, And I think for traditionalists, Kara, like you Mm -hmm. and me, who we value tradition deeply. And so we we cook the same meals on the holidays. (laughs) We do that. And so you almost, spiritual things begin to be tradition Mm -hmm. instead of 
this is discipleship yeah. and discipleship is what Megan said is right going to change and so if we're clinging on to that we might be losing the opportunities that yeah. we would have should we change our not not what we say but our method in which we deliver it it's got to change they're they're different they're growing we're growing and that's okay yeah like this year i was sending out my advent devotions by text to all of my kids Girl. and <laughs> Girl, we have an Advent <laughs> angel at, right by our door that my mom made whenever I was five. And I mean, every year they're running down the stairs trying to get the. I keep trying to tell them I have enough candy for everybody. It's just who's getting it out of the pocket. They think they can't. I mean, we've been doing this for years. I can't figure it out. This is the first year that that poor little angel just sat with her little candy in there because they just didn't think about it. They didn't. And so here I am just getting yeah. it out of there. But <laughs> it's okay, grandkids it's, are coming. It's okay. Yeah, grandkids it's, are coming. It's okay. Yeah. But things change yeah, is my point. Change. Man, we know that the Simpson kids are not perfect. We know that they have, they are real kids with real parents. We get that. But even still, how do you see some of the seeds that you've planted producing fruit in your kids? And in it's not bragging. It's just sharing with us, like, give us a win. Tell, tell us how you are noticing that play out in their lives. And then you sometimes you feel like it, you, you, it's a mom fail, but give us some wins. Okay. Well, my older four have all put their faith in Jesus, which I feel like is that's huge. the biggest huge, win. That's you know? the biggest win. And so that has been a really sweet time to see the Lord work and draw them to himself has been very sweet. So now it's kind of reassuring that the Holy Spirit's at work in their life. It's not just me trying to, you know, be the Holy Spirit in their life. (laughs) So that's brought about, I have one that's super quick to ask for forgiveness. And so just kind of catching those small things of the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives has been rewarding. So I think that's really important. What you said is like, watching the Holy Spirit work and like catching glimpses of that. Mm-hmm. And so then as you see it and point it out to them, right. it's it's like a solidifying their faith. Like, oh yeah, Jesus is working in me. The Holy Spirit is working in me. And 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 it grounds them. Like this isn't just mom's faith. This isn't just dad's faith. You are a believer. Mm-hmm. And so now the Holy Spirit is working in you and giving you power to live life. And so that's part of our discipleship program, right? Mm-hmm. Is showing them how the Holy Spirit's working in them. Right. Because sometimes they can't always see it. They can't see it. Mm-hmm. They and, can't and see it. And we all see it too. That again, the importance of a church family, we see it and your kids. And then, you know, when you have an adult or a pastor or somebody or a leader or somebody to, that tells your kid, hey, man, like I saw you did this. This is awesome. And they're like, oh, wow. Yes. Pastor George just told me today I did this. And they're so encouraged. Mm-hmm. So the fact that a whole family church and a whole community, mm-hmm. not only in your home, but in your family church, they see how your kids are growing and the effects of having God at the center in your family is showing through your kids also outside the home so we gotta go ladies we would love to keep chatting with megan megan thank you so much give it a hand she did so well thank you so much for coming and sharing with us this has been discipleship at home and stay tuned for other episodes but we gotta say goodbye to our village so one two three ladies Bye. bye